Hello, Character Arcana listeners. Welcome to our monthly Dungeons and Dragons play podcast. Monthly where, podcast. <laughs> where each month we follow a group of party adventurers on their world-saving quest. Smash that like button. Yeah. I'm your dungeon master, Richard Bertelson, and joining me today is Ted Hong. Playing Doug Saucepots, a tiefling rogue ex-shadow hand trying to get the last totem and save totem. his sister totem sister totem sister totem system. also joining me system is nick slake mendel sands stuck in a mirror but complexion never clearer <laughs> why did i go after that i can't go after that let's rewind also, also joining me, Abby Bryington. Chernobyl Alabaster. I'm not quarantined six feet away from you. I'm right in your face. So, guys, um, we are going to give a pretty brief synopsis because we need to get back into it because we did end in the middle of combat. This is our first time playing this Specifically, round. Specifically, <laughs> there is no chance that 10 minutes in, we had to restart again. <laughs> <laughs> Because technology always works exactly as you need it to, whenever you need it to. So previously, the continent and surely the entire material realm began to wither and warm as a result of the demon lord Bale merging it with the Nine Hells. Dun dun dun! Our party headed north in search of the third and final ancient totem. At the Stoneward Mountains, they met a turtle named Garl, who told them that the dwarves had found such a totem in the form of a wish-granting ring. <gasps> Garl said that the dwarves had wished for all the riches of the world and a flood of gold coins and treasure buried their city. Womp womp. Mendel got himself stuck in a mirror where he met and was ultimately able to free the last eight living dwarf rock druids. The party put them in the care of Garl to reform their society and venture deeper into the dwarven city. Alabaster and Doug enlisted the aid of a flying carpet to combat a great golden dragon whom is believed to be the archdruid of the dwarves that is now cursed by wishes made with the ring, while Mendel got himself stuck in yet another magical mirror hovering at the cavern ceiling. He was, however, able to Misty step out of the mirror and begin plummeting 100 feet to the coins below. To his certain death. To, hopefully not my certain death, as I scream very loudly for not help, because Mendel never needs help. Yeah, we'll see. Because Mendel is the best at everything and I can save myself. But if someone else, you know, just happens to fly underneath me while I'm falling, that'd be great. As we were saying, certain deaths. <laughs> <laughs> so I do think that I, it's completely justifiable. Um, the only thing Mendel did in his turn was a bonus action, and now he should fall before the end of his turn. <laughs> However, because Doug and Alabaster are on a magic flying carpet, I will give them the opportunity to roll. Um, Doug, you can give me an acrobatics check, and Alabaster, you can give me an arcana check to see if you can navigate this magic carpet to save Mendel in time. Okay, on three, Doug. Okay. One, two, three. Oh. I'm not getting any type of deja vu right now. I need the total because it's your combined okay, total got it. succeeds or fails. This is a, yep, we'll take this one and this one only. Alabaster, what'd you get? 18. Doug, what'd <laughs> you get? 15. Nice. Okay. Yeah. You guys grab the carpet, a combination of 
Doug's swift movements and Alabaster's mental control over this carpet. Do a barrel roll. Can we say I grab Alabaster's tail? Oh, wait, she doesn't have a tail. She doesn't have a tail. Veer Are you sure? I didn't grow a nub. It's been growing like, this whole time, just secretly. No nub? <laughs> no nub. Uh, hmm. You guys veer over to Mendel. We should change that. And instead of him taking... 96 falling damage. He'll just take 1d6 falling damage. It is three damage. It sounds Mendel like you're saying 96. <gasps> 9d6. Thank you both for assisting me in me helping myself. <laughs> uh, Mendel, that does complete your turn. I mean, technically, you didn't take a main action, <clears throat> but I let them not let you die. Yeah, no, I. Uh... <laughs> or take substantial amounts of damage. <laughs> uh, so that does make it Alabaster's turn. So where are we? Geographically speaking. I mean, this would be a city, which might be somewhat complicated, but because most of the city and the buildings are buried, it's a pretty straightforward layout. Okay. Because the cities bury most of the building, which makes this kind of just a giant square cavern. The cavern does kind of narrow towards the top and become like circular. Imagine the top of a cathedral. Right, and it has the little... So, because there would be like... There would be kind of like a sunroof, if you would, that would shine sunlight And into that's the, where the mirrors are. And that's where the mirrors are. They are just levitating there. Okay. Um, there They're were levitating. 10 of them originally, and now there's only nine because Mendel broke one broke earlier one, yeah. in the battle. Mm-hmm. Last, right, got uh, it. Last episode. And, okay, and then, uh, proximately, proximately? Proximally? <laughs> Nailed it. Proximal. Where, where are all three Speaking. of us yes. on the carpet located in relation to the dragon? I think is what Doug is trying to say. In so many words, yes. The dragon's tail was pinned by Alabaster. It cannot move without having to do something special to make some kind of check to get out of it. But the dragon came up out of the coins fairly centrally. So where if you guys caught Mendel, you are still within its reach because it is a very large creature and its neck can twist yeah. around and it can yeah. bite you. That makes sense. Um, but you guys are... You guys would be more in front of it, whereas before you guys came from around the back where you pinned its tail, you swung up around the front of it to catch Mendel because Mendel would have been pretty central where the sunroof is. Pretty close to the All front of the dragon. Close, okay. And then, and we are under the mirrors from where Mendel just fell. Yes. Alabaster uses command. You can command the dragon, you can command Mendel. <laughs> oh! Nobody can command Mendel. This changes things. <laughs> no, to the dragon, I say, friends. So the uh, the dragon's gonna make a wisdom saving throw. No, why? I commanded. <laughs> it failed. Uh... You're right. Are we friends? I don't know what's happening. And Mendel goes. Well, we came in. We found the rugs. The dragon then, holds up a talon just precisely to... Yeah, we don't mouth. need this recap. <laughs> I have eyes. <laughs> I mean, all of this happened before you came up out of the gold, so I don't know how you saw that. You're right, I just don't care. <laughs> uh, to be clear, um, Abby, what you did, did did succeed. I read the card because before you use the card outside of combat, which is easy for me to figure out, the, the person does what you say them to do, and then after that, the spell's over. Your card says that if it's in combat, they do it on their next turn. So she acknowledged that the spell worked, which means on her next turn, she probably won't hurt you. So that might buy you guys some time, but it's Doug's turn first anyway, before her turn. Doug flies us closer to the mirror and Doug brandishes the gem that he's holding to gather the attention of the dragon. They do like shiny things. Make a persuasion check. Uh, Middle hides his belly button ring. <laughs> <laughs> Your bejeweled puka shell necklace. <laughs> it's bedazzled, bitch. 
13. Here's what I'm going to tell you. The dragon has a plus five to charisma. So to be persuaded or intimidated would be very hard. But she only rolled a two. Yes. <laughs> she only got a seven. Wow. So yeah, the carpet flies up. The uh, party flies up. Uh, Mendel starts to look at the mirror again, but Doug grabs his head and turns it away from the mirror. <laughs> I just can't help myself. I'm so beautiful. And Doug also brandishes a... A gem for the dragon. The dragon looks up and says, Give it to me! Give it to me! It tries to fly up towards the mirrors. Um, the trident that is pinning it down holds it back. It's going to make a strength check to see if it can break free. It rolled a nat 20. It broke free <laughs> so it, of so the it trident. Doesn't, it doesn't break free, right? It, <laughs> it stays in place. Uh, so the dragon <laughs> snaps Alabaster's trident out of the ground. Doug, as it flies up to the to the gem, I mean, I know what you're doing. Carry us home. What do you do? Doug tries to make the dragon's line of sight over into the mirror by holding the gem up to the mirror. As the dragon looks in the mirror, it slows and seems stunned. And if you guys look over and can see the mirror, you see not the reflection of the dragon, but the reflection of a dwarf. And the dwarf seems shocked. And then the dragon turns into a dwarf and begins to fall 100 feet. Oh, God! Can we circle back and try to get her? You guys would be fairly close to the dragon because you had to hold it up yeah. in an alcove to get it to look through the mirror, so... I use the rest. Doug uses I the can, rest of the I movement. will use the same rules as the saving Mendel, sure. Um, can you we guys, do... acrobatic and... Oh, God. Yeah, can we do a few uh, um, um, curly cues and roundabouts and really show off? For no reason whatsoever. That'll make it. That'll make me make you roll disadvantage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're rolling again, like the same way we saved Mendel. In acrobatics and Arcana, yeah, okay. respectively. All right, and with you our hit a thirty again. With our powers combined, please tell me you rolled something good. Mm -hmm. I heard you. Okay, mm -hmm. it's pretty good. Seventeen. Eighteen. Nice. <laughs> you guys drop down very swiftly. Managed to catch the druid. This is an old dwarven woman and she seems shocked and confused at first. As she starts to <laughs> gather her senses, what happened? Who are you guys? You were a dragon. You got knocked the fuck out. We caught you. I caught you. I helped in catching you. Doug points to both of them <laughs> as to say, that's what they, yeah, that's what I would say. <laughs> As you guys kind of bring the carpet down, uh, she starts to, like, you see her eyes kind of dart back and forth. She start, it starts rushing forward in her, and she goes, that fucking turtle. That right? fucking turtle. Right? Let me at him. Let me at him. And so she, you guys haven't quite landed yet, but she's trying to just leap off the carpet and, and run just, towards we the- we toss her the turtle. Mendel, Mendel grabs her. <laughs> Mendel grabs her by the shoulder, and he takes out the gem that he grabbed earlier to smash the mirror. And he holds it up to her and he says, how does this make you feel? <laughs> Show us on the gem. I don't... <laughs> I don't give a shit about these goddamn riches. Mendel puts it back in his pocket then. Yeah, quickly. <laughs> pocket some more. The fog came and that goddamn turtle came out of nowhere with the fog, just like the fucking Shadow Man. And then... He took the ring that I found and locked away, and he wished for all the goddamn money, and when all the money crushed all my people, he said he wished I was as greedy as he was, and I turned into that damn dragon. Let me at him. 
And at the entrance to the at the entrance to the city, you see Garl go. Oh dear. Oh fuck. <laughs> and damn it, Garl. God damn it, Garl. And Garl casts reverse gravity. But we're on a magic carpet. The carpet's now on top of you as far as falling physics go. Oh. And also there's a hundred feet of coins falling on you. Mendel cash shield. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will let you guys try to get the carpet reoriented so you don't fall. You may still take damage from the coins though. I guess we need to figure out what the carpet does. By the way, I just want to say, because I listened to it last night, I tell you Garl's evil like a thousand times. <laughs> you literally cast Divine Sense and I say, evil's right in front of you. And now it's just I walk towards the evil. And then Doug's like, wait, what did she find? Evil. And then the next thing that happens, Garl's there. Also, when the when the Drew when you guys try to when when Mendel tries to pass the rock druids off to him, he's like, Do you guys know each other? And they're like, We've never met a turtle in our entire life. <laughs> Seems we have good intuition. Mendel holds up a fist and just kind of shakes it at Carl. I saved you from the mirror like world! They didn't, they didn't only say that they never met Garl, they said they've never met his species before. But that's a loaded kind of... Mm -hmm. DM's know. got a gun. I'm gonna do this a little differently. I'm gonna see if the rug can react and catch you guys, so I'm gonna use the rug stats. Is this carpet as animated as the one as Aladdin? Yeah, and I did describe it as a dog last game. Okay. I am assuming that you guys wanted to save you, so I will let it roll at advantage because you guys are all trying to help it. You guys have been done a pretty good job of communicating so far, so it'll roll, we'll roll at advantage. It'll be relatively... It's a good thing it's at advantage because its first roll was a one. Oh. So that must be infinitely better now. That was a 19, right? <laughs> am I right? Yeah, it was... Uh... It rolled a 10 total. Um, can it save? It can save one of you. All of you make a dexterity saving throw. <laughs> Let it be me. I'm the weakest one here. 13. 20 total. Damn it. 18. Yeah. Uh. Um, you guys uh, get turned upside down. You all start falling. Mendel, you have a magic carpet that you are more or less in control of. Well, hello there. Wait, why is he in control? What happened to me? You, you fell, fell off. off. I jumped. <laughs> <laughs> Doug and Alabaster, the druid as it falls, attempts to cast Featherfall on you guys. So you guys are now falling slower. Um, you won't take impact damage, but because you can't maneuver, you guys are gonna roll another dexterity saving throw at disadvantage, and Mendel, you're gonna roll one at advantage. And we're gonna take damage from coins falling on you guys. Can we still add the modifier? Yeah. Okay, so that an 11 total for can me. Can I add then. four? You and Doug can. Mendel's now flying oh, away. Well, then that's a seven. That's an ed advantage? Yep. Okay, it doesn't matter either <laughs> way. I rolled a three and a five. I so rolled a six and an me. eight. 10 plus the modifier. <laughs> Mendel's just. <laughs> Mendel's 15. smacking the carpet. <laughs> like a, like, like it's cowboy. an electronics thing <laughs> that he doesn't know how to work. Like, fly! Fly, carpet! <laughs> This is the only time I don't like it if a quarter bounces off my ass. <laughs> how many, how much? How much of it lands in my mouth? <laughs> that's, that's my line. Mendel and Alabaster failed and they take 22 damage. Mm -hmm. Doug, you succeeded and you take half of that. You take 11. 
<clears throat> so all the coins fall. You guys fall towards the ceiling. Uh, Mendel's on the magic carpet. You guys fall, but because the druid casts feather fall on you, you fall slower than the coins, which does mean you get pelted by coins. But then you also still kind of land on top of them, though. Because what feather fall does is slow the rate at which you fall so that you land safely. Uh, the druid, Alabaster, and Doug are all on the ground more or less safely. They took some damage. Mendel's on a flying He's carpet. He's on the carpet, yeah. Um, Garl is at the door or the, the entrance of the cavern. We're gonna roll a new initiative because this is different combat. Why couldn't you just give me the ring no and kill pizza! the dragon? Why couldn't you have just stayed in the mirror? Yeah, and learn to speak properly. Because I'm a fucking god. Ah! <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> a 19. One nine. 15 plus 10. Alabaster and Doug, you guys aren't super close. I'm gonna roll to see how far away from you, because I'm I'm not just gonna come up with an arbitrary number. I'm gonna roll to see how far away from the front gate you are, so to see how far you have to move. You guys are not the greatest. 100 feet away. 100 <laughs> oh, feet. What about me? You are the same, except you can move at a different speed because you're on is a it carpet. Doubled? It is more or less doubled. It is. What yeah, color is the carpet? It's 60 it's feet. It's purple and gold. That does make it Doug's turn first, though. Um, above you now is a city. Again, it's, it's he didn't invert the world. He didn't change the world. It's just now gravity works the opposite way for everyone in the vicinity. So you guys are just kind of sticking to the ceiling, more or less. But which means above you, when you look up against gravity, is the entire Dwarven city. The tower that was sticking up before is, you can see it jutting down. And a bunch of, I told you it was an alchemy tower, and a bunch of bottles fall out of it. Um, and the once they all start to shatter on the landscape below, that purple fog grows from all the shattered bottles. And the purple fog just builds and builds and builds in the corner, um, which is the corner, because you're facing the opposite direction now, it is now the corner before you and to the left. Uh, do we identify what the purple fog was in particular? No. You never had really had a time to get there because <clears throat> once you started instigating, instigating the dragon, um, which was pretty much right after Mendel got stuck in the mirror, uh, then combat started. Uh, you guys never really went over there. The carpets were over there previously yeah. before everything was inverted, which now they still are. They're just buried in the gold. But you never went inside. You never looked at anything. You never like went into the fog or did anything with the fog. No. How far away from, are we from the purple mist? Let's roll again. Why should it be my responsibility to come up with a number such as this? <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I'm going to say you're a little bit closer. Um, okay. You are only 40 feet away from it. So uh, Doug will move toward the purple mist fog. Okay, it's 40 feet away. It's just out of reach out of normal reach, speed, right. but one of your abilities may allow you to move faster than normal. Cunning action, yeah. Thanks, DM. <laughs> <laughs> Doug moves over to the purple mist, then cunnings his actions over to the <laughs> over to the purple mist to investigate a little bit more, thinking he can use it to his advantage. <laughs> Doug, <laughs> Doug narrates this the whole time. <laughs> Doug narrates his actions. Doug remember that he spent all that time being really good at dexterous movement, and so he makes sure that everyone sees it. <laughs> He starts, yeah, like, he cartwheels and backflips <laughs> across the gold. Mendel misses it because he's tracing the carpet patterns with his fingers. 
<laughs> a horse appears. He the, does the horse. The carpet's tassels just shake. <laughs> Shudders. He does a balance beam. Do you enter the fog? Do you step near it? What do you do? Just right before it. Then do you do anything? You have an can I look now into it? His cunning action is. Um, if you want to, you can make a perception check. The one. It's a nat one. Fuck oh. it. <laughs> Oh, this is a purple fog. I don't know why I'm looking at it now. <laughs> Fucking hell! Why am I? What am I doing here again? That—that's what happened. That I'm makes it Mendel's turn. <laughs> Mendel grabs the front tassels of the carpet. Yeah. And he kind of like snaps them like reins. Yeah, but only I know how to keep that engine warm. Fly, fly me carpet to the turtle. You are now 40 feet away from the turtle. Can you do anything from there? Do you uh, want to do anything from there? Throw everything from, at him. Boil him. From 40 feet away. I want some escargot. Is that turtle? It's snails. <laughs> you know what? How dare you? Squared. Mendel is going to use a bonus action, and he's going to to just stroke his hammer. Boner him. Uh, and it's going to turn his maul into a magic maul. What's a maul? It's a hammer. It's a very big hammer. So now the mall it's has a large establishment plus one magic stats. That has many stores. And then he's going to use his regular action and cast Scorching Ray. Uh, you create three rays of fire and hurl them towards enemies within range. Save some for us. You have to make an attack if they, first. If they hit. Can we do for each individual ray? <laughs> Fine, I assume that means one missed. <laughs> no, he's confirming that one hit. <laughs> and wants to make sure that the other... So the first roll was a five, and then the next two rolls were a 14 and a 15. Just the so those will be plus eight. Plus so eight? So they'll they both, both hit. They both so they'll hit. both over 20. Okay. So that's 4d6 fire damage. I'm going to bake you into shell soup. Hot, hot shell soup. That was my line. Let's raise some shell. I played you guys like a fucking fiddle. Oh, you're fucking dead. I'm seething. I'm seething. Damn it, God. Fuck. Oh. Um, but you do hit him. It burns actually quite a lot. He's like, oh. I smell turtle soup. Doug, you're going to use your pots to boil him. That I will. I'll make us delicious turtle soup. That makes it Garl's turn. Bring it, old man. Bring it. You start to scorch his skin. You see it's definitely doing real damage to him. And he starts to collect himself and absorb that heat. And he pushes it back at your weapon. And he casts heat metal on your maul. Frieza. Which causes, choose a manufactured metal object such as a metal weapon or a suit of heavy armor. Damn it. Um, you cause the object to glow red hot. Any creature in physical contact with the object takes 2d8 fire damage when you cast the spell. I hate him. Ow! But I'm not letting go! Yeah, sexual repression! Beginning of every one of his turns, he can use a bonus action to cause you to take that damage again so long as you hold it. Hold it! Oh, like a urethra! Yeah, throbbing! You do only take six damage, so that's not too shabby. I was born in the heat. Ooh! <laughs> and so you will die in it! Oh my god, my hammer's hot! Alabaster, it's your turn. It's my turn. I use my fire breath. I get I do a deep inhale, and I release everything I have to freeze his turtle ass. You, I think, are too far away. What's the range <laughs> oh. of your fire breath? I digress. Because <laughs> you're 100 feet away from him right now. 
So I use that to propel myself directly in front of him. In which case... Wait, wait, wait. If you want to turn around, breathe fire so that you jetpack forward... <laughs> I will let you roll me an arcana check just because that's fucking hilarious. I will too. <laughs> and I will let you move at twice the speed yes! if you get if you succeed, if you get a 15 cuz uh this literally just I was watching Dragon Ball last night and uh Goku literally just did that. They their submarine stalled out and they were in a cave that was collapsing so he Kamehameha. Well, I got 4. <laughs> But but my rage have. power we didn't we didn't incorporate that in my rage and my hatred. You turn around and try to breathe your breath to propel yourself forward. It doesn't really work. I won't take your entire turn away from you, but you you have to make one action and then you're done. What do you you can move or you can do an action other than move? But you can cast a spell on someone if it's within range, but you can't do both. Because I'm at 100 feet. Mendel yells, "What are you stopping to cook dinner over there, Alabaster? <laughs> you roasting marshmallows?" No, I'm gonna use plant growth. Okay. 150 feet, so he's on my level. You can cast it in his area, yes. And and deciphering the acute angle from which the latitude of which I am on, he raises to my level, so he is within 10 feet of me. Turtle power. You can definitely pa I'm pretty sure you can cast plant growth where he is, but what you just said after that, I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. But I knew. <laughs> it essentially just locks him in place. Which is good. It doesn't bring him to you, but he can't move anymore. Where is everyone else right now? Uh, Mendel is forty is sixty feet away from you and forty feet is away he, from the. Is he tree. grounded? I'm on the carpet. He's on the carpet. He is flying. So you're mobile. Yes. Got it. Doug went off. I'm carpet to riding. Your carpet. The side something. to the stop and stop in front of the purple fog. You can actually see him just there staring, staring at, the fog. at it, like drooling stop a little bit, like pick. not really a little bit of anything. Blank, coming out of my mouth. Blank staring into okay, the into the fog. What All am right. I doing here again? Plants seem to seep up from underneath the coins, and they just poison ivy. Poison ivy. They just congest the area around the turtle. Poison sumac. And it definitely Cactus. overwhelms his feet a little bit. <clears throat> he definitely his movement is is restricted. Mendel tries to kiss the hammer again and oh burns his lips. <laughs> <laughs> Take one fire damage. <laughs> uh, Doug's turn. Doug moves into the purple fog to look for the shadow figure. Doug moves into the purple fog. <sighs> Music to my ears. And someone needs a lozenge. The, the purple fog starts to dissipate a little bit and... You kind of look down at where there's a bunch of broken glass where something might have been in a glass at one point. But you see the Nightwalker. Nightwalker. Angelina Jolie from oh, episode snap. four. <laughs> the one with Angelina Jolie lips. It's just a shadow that you can't see lips. anything, but it had lips. Lips. Yeah. lips. Why are we so aroused, guys? That what, happens. what happens in the fog stays in the fog. <laughs> Before we uh, get back out there. <laughs> <laughs> It starts to grow f closer to the size that you remember it. It starts as the size of something that might fit in a bottle. And as it grows, it pushes enough fog aside that, Doug, you do recognize it as someone you've met before. It makes eye contact you with you as much as something that has no discernible features other right. than lips can do. <laughs> and it goes, <laughs> it goes, hey, Doug, I keep getting sucked into your plane. And it, the equivalent it was the fantasy equivalent of fancy meeting you here. 
as it as it's big enough that it kind of comes up above the fog and it sees Alabaster and Mendel, it waves its weird pointy shadow hand and goes, "Hey, Alabaster, hey Mendel." Hey. Mendel casts word of radiance. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be super great if this stopped happening. <laughs> I kind of like it in my plane. You're not here to take my necklace back, are you? You can't have it. It's mine. <laughs> you gave it to me. You said I could have it. Yeah, finders keepers. Is the shadow figure towering over Doug right now? Now, now it's getting to 40 feet tall. Okay. It is now very large, yeah. Doug. Punch it in his balls. Doug brings two hands up to his mouth to shout, Hey, if you want to have this stop, would you like to help us fight an evil turtle. God damn it, Carl, you came here too. <laughs> and it reaches down and with its giant hand flicks Carl into another dimension. <laughs> you guys are out of combat. The rock druid that was the dragon is kind of panting and still like on, it's kind of hunched over and had you know, a hard time. You know, the only reason it was so easy for you to flick him like that is because I burned him. If it weren't for my burning him, it it he would have been really just just a hard guy to get rid of. What about Alabaster's bush? She grew it herself. Uh, uh What? I guess mine is still better. No, mine's thicker, which signifies health. But I condition mine. So but mine is neatly luxuriousness. Alabaster's is literally clipping the plants trend. that were around where would they plant the cast? Yeah, I'm everywhere. everywhere. Well, well, Mendel is looking into his pants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Edward scissoring the bushes. <laughs> so the Nightwalker gets to his normal size. That there's fog all around. Um, after the Nightwalker flicked the turtle, any link kind of lingering green fog went away and. Was the, there green fog around the turtle when we It first? sure was. Okay, god um, damn it. Don't recall that being described. Not in this game. It was last night. <laughs> it was, actually. Uh, you usually guys, I roll it You guys specifically asked if the fog was changing colors as fast as... Even when you guys were talking about where the evil was, you guys were asking, Does it? Is the fog changing colors like before? And I said, no, it's mostly green in this direction. <laughs> ha! I must have... I must have Way to go, mind. Doug. <laughs> I feel like... Both the plane is strengthening from your guys' action, but also that something has gone terribly wrong. Mendel points to Alabaster and Doug, and he says, They woke up a demon. A very, very angry demon. I think this explains why the heavens are hurting. The Nightwalker looks down to the druid, the, uh, the dwarf druid that you guys saved. She pushes herself up to her feet, Oh, God, she's short. And she says, I can't thank you guys enough for, for coming to my aid. He, We'd found this when the fog started rolling in this, this, this ring right before it. I knew that it could grant wishes, but I knew also that that was too dangerous of a power to use, and I had locked it away. Obviously, you didn't lock it away good enough. <laughs> but the, Am I right? Am I right? <clears throat> Uh, the fog brought many strange guests, okay. including the Nightwalker here, who just happened to appear kind of in a little bottle. So we kept him away from everyone because we weren't sure the nature of him. We didn't want to unleash such power onto our plane. But then this weird turtle came, and he, he seemed to know exactly who I was and to come directly to me. And he used the first wish for the riches, which buried our society, 
And then when I told him he he had cursed us all and that he was a monster for wanting such petty material things, he wished that I was as greedy as he was. I did not wish that I was the most powerful being. He wished that I was as greedy as he was. And that's what turned me into the dragon. Not and all dragons are like that. She 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 taps her yes, chest. Yes, they are. And she goes, <coughs> <coughs> and she coughs up the ring. When you not touching that one. When he made that wish, before he could get out, I managed to knock him and snatch the ring in my jaws. And that's why he needed your help. But luckily, you guys saw right through that. I came mean, to my aid. We definitely we saw. We totally right saw. Through I definitely that. did. That first thing. My Absolutely. first instinct was definitely not yeah, to try to kill you. That direction. Just Great. my oh, hammer yeah. was not at the ready. Oh, my hammer's always there was at no the other ready. Dirty figure. There was no other you. path to Turtle go. Turtle soup. <laughs> just, just no chance. Guys, that I guys, guys, guys. <laughs> the Nightwalker. Green eggs. Uh, he looks over to Alabaster. I'm glad to see that you have managed to. He reaches, since he's huge, he just reaches over to where your trident fell earlier when the dragon broke free. He just extends his arm over to you and hands it back to you. I never dropped mine. Look, I still have mine. Because Mindel never even tried. A totem well used is a totem well earned. He does look over at the archdruid holding the ring, though, and then looks over to Doug. And the archdruid walks the ring over to Doug and hands the ring to Doug. (laughs) I heard that. Sorry. Mendel goes, Mendel, all of a sudden, Mendel screams, Oh, God! Oh, God! Squeaks! Where is Squeaks? Mendel starts rummaging through as much gold as possible. Uh, Squeaks just comes out of uh, Doug's armor. (laughs) Oh, God! Oh, He gives a very angry look at Doug. What, are you trying to steal him from me? Are you trying to yeah. steal him from me? I was just looking after him for you, man. Just, uh, just, uh, Doug Mindel, turns his Mindel attention walks back away. to Mindel walks away. Alabaster's loyal Copernicus um, has always been on her shoulder. Squeaks is again, kind of thinks that you just can still understand him. Is like... <laughs> <laughs> You take the ring from, I mean, I assume you take the ring from the Archdruid. How about you offer it and I'll think about taking it. (laughs) (laughs) After she looked up at the Nightwalker, she solemnly walks up to you and offers it to you. I think perhaps you were meant for this. Wishes? Alabaster asked in the last game, what was the third wish? And indeed, Garl did say, I don't think there was a third wish, which is probably why Garl wanted it back so badly. Um, That does mean, Doug, you get to make a wish. It is a wish. It is kind of one of the most powerful things that can ever happen in D&D. Wish Garl dead. No no (laughs) rules attached except for the following rules. Um, (laughs) At its base, a wish is... Any spell in D&D lore, you can cast any spell. Other than that, you can you can ask for just about whatever you want. Um, we will implement genie rules. No one can be alive or dead other than if there's a D&D spell that allows it. Those D&D spells usually have some kind of limitation to them, so those limitations apply. Um, no one can fall in love with you. Also, no metagaming bullshit. Um, you can't wish to be level 20 because you don't know what level 20 is. Uh, <laughs> level 20? <laughs> <laughs> 
But other than that, you can request anything. Know that because of what happened with the Archdruid or the Tortle or however you want to look at it, kind of monkey paw rules too if your if your wish is not particularly precise there could be unforeseen consequences you can make that wish now if you'd like to wait for the wish you can or you can make it now and it's just the one wish you, there's only one left on the ring once you make your final wish it's reality altering power will still have this weird ripple effect on you and once per day you can turn any d20 roll into a 20 nice as an effect Yes. Oh. Even after your wish is cast. Resonating what Mendel just said. Nice! nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Doug accepts the ring, but will hold off on making a wish. Doug, l- keep in mind the law of surprise. <laughs> the law of surprise. <laughs> the Nightwalker looks down at all of you guys. He nods at the Archdruid Dwarf and also extends his hand because at the gateways of the city are the eight um, dwarves who had been freed before, um, and the Archdruid goes towards them, and you presume that they do go off to figure out what to do next. Um, The Nightwalker looks down at all of you. Alabaster, your trident glows. Um, Mendel, your bear necklace, your puka shell bear necklace glows. And Doug, your ring glows, and he says, Good. Maybe I can stay in my fucking home now. We'll see. <laughs> Doug says, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Doug bows his head and thanks. Bale's entrance into this realm is at great cost. The gods are hurting. The nine hells have come to us. And now you all must go to the seven heavens. And he looks down at... Copernicus, and he says, It is time that we restored the throne of Bahamut, for he has been here for far too long. And he looks at Copernicus. That's a god. Baal used Bahamut's power to combine the realms. He did so by making some, some, some old deal with Bahamut. That brought the dragon god of justice to our realm. And ever since, his power has been abused. You must ascend the celestial stairway, guarded by the god of Helm, past the green fields of heaven, protected by Yandala, and reseat Bahamut, the dragon god of justice. I'll take it from here, boys. To enter the seven heavens. You got that down? Because that's a lot of directions. I got it. Hold your totems out, each of you, and say, our powers combined. <laughs> Is there a captain involved? I am the captain. Look at me. Look at I me. am your captain now. <laughs> I mean, that was just a joke. That's a real stupid thing anyway. <laughs> Um, your your totems start to glow and shake, and he snaps his fingers. God, I hope you guys can do this. And you start to dissolve from existence. <laughs> as as we dissolve, Mendel goes. Anybody else seen Avengers? <laughs> <laughs> we cannot die like this. 
And you guys start Get to off the ground. reform an existence in some place completely foreign to you. The air feels different. The space feels different. You are on a staircase which ascends seemingly forever into the heavens. And if you look in either direction, the width of the staircase seems endless in all directions. It, your vision is only ended by clouds. And as you guys look upon the stairs themselves, they are made of ivory and... Beautiful. Ebony? Ivory! <laughs> no, they are. They are. They are. They are white. They are a glimmering, shining white ivory and white gold and alabaster (laughs) (laughs) yes yes in fact the heavenly sun reflects off them and then off of alabaster's white scales and it's kind of discomforting like it's just too much light i shine whoa i shine brand new cool cool it down there it's got that new car smell (laughs) (laughs) someone went a little too heavy on the wax and as you guys look up a bunch of Beings seem to be walking down the stairway. These are people of every race. They're they're all the races you know, elves and dwarves and humans. But they're also strange things that you may be less familiar with. Not only dragonborn and such, but also like to big cat people, to boxy these large cat-like people. Um, these uh, Aarakocra, these large. How, how far away are they? Bead bird people. They are now kind of descending on you. They're not in any kind of aggressive way. They're just kind of. They actually seem kind of disappointed as they are walking down the stairs. Arachnophobia. Are they per, like how far away? Are how they? many legs do they have? They're not far. They're they're maybe thirty feet away at this point. Wait, do any of you have a slinky? Go, slinky, go. Uh, one of the. What's uh, so sad? Aarakocra looks up and goes. We don't know what squeak. We don't know what slinky is. It's a little, little like a spring. <laughs> it's long and it, and it, it's really cool. It goes downstairs. It's fun. Don't I have one in my explorer's pack? <laughs> it is a very common item to have an explorer's pack. <laughs> I do. Pack. I do though. <laughs> it does go exploring. I do. It's no use if you're a pilgrim. Heaven's closed! And you guys see an angel flying down upon them as they all kind of walk away. And hell, what happened up there? Sorry, pilgrims. Heaven's Ugh. closed. Heaven's closed, guys. Come back next time. Heaven's closed. What happened? Mendel looks up at uh, at this 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 angel and he says, But we've we've been invited. We're here to save heaven. Yeah, we're ascending, not descending. Sorry, guys. Heaven's closed. Heaven's closed. Um, there's the god of Helm who usually protects these steps. He's out of order right now. Out of order. Heaven's closed. We can't guarantee security, so you just got to come back. Mendel takes and off then... his gauntlets and shows the angel his Helm tattoos on his hand. The angel doesn't give a fuck. Um, it just kind of squints at you and goes, Heaven's closed. Looks like you guys won't take no for an answer. And you look to your right and sitting on the steps, not moving down, just sitting sitting still as all the crowd passes by him. Is Morgan Freeman. A large <laughs> Father <laughs> is a large hippopotamus man. Um, oh, thick he, boy, thick boy. He is wearing a colonial style jacket. Um, a monocle in one hand, and he is loading a blunderbuss. A thick boy. 
If you will. He's a thick boy thick. for sure. Two C's. B O I. I do know a way into heaven. Um, I'm just getting ready. You guys, uh, you guys want in? I definitely want in. And he reaches into his pocket and he hands the man the jewel he took from the dragon's hoard. And I pull the angel's foot down. The angel's flying far above you guys. I am disappointed. <laughs> yes, this will do quite well. If you guys would like to tag along in my little plan, he sees Alabaster kind of leaping at the angel to no avail, and he goes, Who is this fine, fine big lady? Mendel like leans in. She goes, she is a very available, luxurious woman. Very fertile. Lots of eggs. Fertile, wet, moist. I start twerking on the staircase. He he walks over to Alabaster twerking on the stairway, and he takes the gem that, that Mendel gave him, and he hands it to Alabaster. I do hope you're on board with our plan. Sure. <laughs> I'm just focused on twerking. Yeah. Unfazed, she twerks. Just Mendel's very upset <laughs> I'm very about busy. the fact that he gave the gym <laughs> to Alabaster. No, he's not. He is very, he is seething. He feels fulfilled. The crowd kind of passes you guys, and now you guys are alone on the stairs with this hippopotamus man. He, a he's a couple boy. steps of, uh, uh, he's t- he takes a couple steps ahead of you guys. He has loaded his blunderbuss, and he looks down and he goes, Listener. And I see you guys as a group of people who want to get into heaven, not as some paltry, weak group of pilgrims who just get turned away at a moment's notice. You're on a mission. Yes, absolutely. He holds up his... We are on a missionary! holds up his mall. Yes! Are we you are with me? I am with you! We are you. already with you and sitting on your face, sir! He holds up his blunderbuss, and he fires it into the sky, and the angel goes... And the angel just dies and falls to the stairs. <laughs> Doug is looking around like that one Blink-182 video <laughs> saying, what the fuck is happening right now? Gif majestically holds his blunderbuss up after the angel falls from the sky, just bloodied, rolls down the stairs like bloody wings just kind of flop towards you guys. Mendel like jabs the hippopotamus with his like elbow. And it's <laughs> Bet it's not closed anymore. <laughs> My good man, <laughs> you are correct. For we are on a mission, shall we? He points back up towards the uh, tops of the stairways, which you can't really see anything up there, but he starts walking. So as he's walking up. up, he turns back and points at Alabaster and says, I hope my thick goddess is joining us. Why would you have killed the angel who works over here? Do you ask him that directly? No. Uh, Doug is asking. Doug is now. Do you want to talk to your party, Ted? or do you want to just talk to yourself? Doug is talking through Ted. Do you want me to? Do you want me to tell them that you feel uncomfortable? You look uncomfortable. Doug pulls Because you back, can do that. You tries can say to that. grab Alabaster and Mendel. And okay. Kind of like pulls them back. Mendel, so gifts. Gifts just stops and he goes, Doug, it's okay. I know that you're a demon, but look. <laughs> We got sent to heaven on a mission. You're not going to burst into flames just because you walk into like some kind of heavenly aura. It's okay to be scared. And Alabaster belongs in heaven. 
and she's interested in Thick Boy, and she immediately lays a fertile egg. Um, it just drops uh, Copernicus out. on your shoulder goes. That's right, you have a baby brother. <laughs> Copernicus cocks his head like, you kind of just learned I'm a god, but okay. <laughs> Mendel looks over and squeaks, you're still better. Squeaks goes, shakes his head in the affirmative. He also kind of looks over at Doug. I mean, Doug looks Doug, over Doug's questioningly. I, I still think you're better than Doug, but just don't tell Doug that. Doug is great, though. Doug is Doug is awesome. <laughs> Doug is the best. Never seen a better looking Doug. Doug, was it the <laughs> Doug goes over to the hippo man. Okay, so you so you guys were just yeah. behind him. Uh, Doug kind of started to express his concerns a little bit to the party. They weren't super receptive to yeah. you. <laughs> so you now skip ahead a couple steps yeah. up to the hippo man. <laughs> so I had a quick question. But bow quick to question. his thickness first. Quick. It's a pleasure for you, I am sure, for I am magnificent. <laughs> Undoubtedly. <laughs> I thought you said I... your name was Gif. <laughs> Not magnificent, as Mendel has pointed out. Uh, Thick and healthy. Uh, the, the hippo leans into Doug. A little daft, that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why has heaven been, uh, appears to be quarantined, I shall say? It would seem the gods are a little out of duty at the moment, and they're afraid of who might make it in. Sounds like a lot of the celestial plane is missing their leadership these days. Turns out the planes are all a little closer than they used to, and that's causing a lot of trouble on the old material plane. You know, the the very bottom of the barrel of these planes as it is. Uh, but the fact that the pilgrims can no longer ascend Mount Celestia... Well, that's an invitation for old Gif. I know what you mean. I too am from the mortal plane, and there is just nobody there that's quite as wonderful as me. So. He looks back. You're from the material plane? Well, that is delightfully pathetic. Let's go. Mendel. Mendel readies his hammer. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. He readies, he readies his uh, blunderbuss and goes... Goddamn right, we deserve better. Down, down with the mortal realm. <laughs> uh, Mendel looks very confused. It squeaks. Guys, let's trust him. What? Ascend! Take the heavens! Smite the gods! Become the gods! Take what is yours! Jif, Jif looks down at Alabaster and gives a little wink. You guys walk upon a gate. This is a wrought iron gate with stone ramparts that extend across the stairs. This is the end point of where you can walk. There are stone statues of warriors in what Mendel would recognize are traditional... Sex poses. <laughs> of helm, yes. Well, really, anybody uh, would uh, recognize those sex poses. Am I right? Am a, I lot, right? a lot of them are actually just wrestling moves. It's, <laughs> it's really weird. Alabaster runs to the gate, shakes the gate. Let me in! Let me in! Mendel walks up and laughs. He says, <laughs> uh, Only a son of Helm knows how to get through these gates. And then Mendel also just starts to shake them. Let me in! <laughs> Let me in! <laughs> you hear these clinking of metal. And out of one of the side ramparts, out of the right rampart, um, comes this suit of armor. It is, again, the traditional armor of the god Helm. Is it just a suit of armor? 
I reach my claws through. And yes, it is. It, it appears to have no other physical form other than the armor. I lift it up by the crotch through the gate, and I fling it over the gate. Alabaster, as you try to reach through the gate, please don't. Your knock. hand is repelled. Um, this is not a regular gate. Excuse me, sir. I think you forgot your flesh. <laughs> you don't see a physical form of someone to actually respond to you when you talk to the armor, but you hear a booming, a voice that comes from everywhere and nowhere. I need proper payment if you wish for heaven to be open. Coin is more important than anything anyone could ever offer. How much coin give me are we money, talking here? Give me money because that's the only reason I protect anything. To get into heaven? How much heaven? money are we and here? Before Mendel appears, the corpse of the old bear that he slaughtered. Oh, God! Oh, I'm in a nightmare. This is not heaven. We are in hell. I am being judged right now. I am so sorry, sir, that I murdered you it's just it's a corpse it's just it's still it's it's exactly how you smashed it oh he's still talking to it <laughs> <laughs> it was an accident it not maybe not an accident but it shouldn't have happened so it's kind of like an accident i don't know what to do here guys the armor of helm continues and says my followers have decided exactly what protection is worth and so I will become what they want me to be and for a moment inside the armor um, you see the image as if it's being worn by High Century Carrick the leader of the Sentinels and he raises his hands and squeezes his fingers together as if he wants payment and he disappears into nothing again something is not right may we barter Barter for your way into heaven. Absolutely. I protect nothing for no reason other than riches. For I am the god of protection, and protection means nothing to my followers. Other than what it can give them. Doug goes up to Alabaster. Hang on a second. This seems very strange, does it not? Alabaster uses divine sense. Alabaster, you are you are on the the stairway to Mount Celestia. You feel the most overwhelming divine, goodly, godly power you have ever felt in your entire life. Give me your coin purses immediately. But the thing in front of you is confused and broken. It's not good or evil. It is it is in disrepair is what I can best say. It's it's it is not right. Does it not seem strange to offer coin to enter heaven for something like that? Is that not what my followers have decided was the right thing to do? To accept coin for the protection that they give? I thought it was right to offer protection to all, but then seemingly all in the material realm decided at the same time or over time that the only way to offer protection is if you're paid the right price. So, your God reflects you. Why do you protect? I protect because it's the right thing to do. The strong <laughs> protect the weak. Bullshit. 
Okay, listen. I used to kill the weak, okay? But now I know that that's not right. And we shouldn't be protecting people for money. The Visage of Helm starts to light up a little bit. I tried for for millennia to say what you have said. And my followers, they, they went amiss. Defend heaven where I can't. And I will take up my watch once again. Mendel takes his gauntlets off again and shows this guardian his sigils of helm on his palms. And he says, Once a guardian of mortals on the material plane, now I swear that I will be a guardian of the angels in the realm of heaven. And Gift turns down and tries to fire his cannon at you. What? Okay. <laughs> Doug dashes over at Jif to knock him off his balance. Yeah, Alabaster tries to deflect. Essentially, we need to roll initiative. 17 for Mendel's initiative. That's what I rolled. Well, that was my total. Then I should be okay. So is your total 27? Yeah. Only. <laughs> uh, Alabaster? Three. Doug can take the first turn, though, in combat with Jif. Oh, in that case, I want to fucking sneak attack this fuck. He's a hippo. He's a thick boy. So uh, Jif lowers his blunderbuss, aims it at Mendel, and Doug attempts to do a little stabby stab on him. Oh, Wait, that's he's not paying attention. That's yeah. I mean, did he right fire then. the gun? Is it going to hit me? I'm or? letting Doug, because Doug's all the rogue abilities that make him go faster, but also the feet that makes him be kind of uninterruptible and unsurprisable. Whatever action he does happens before the gun's fired again. Be careful, he's a thick boy. I unsheathe my daggers. So, 24. You hit Jif. Be careful! He very clearly repeats an image over and over again. For no reason. Repeats an image. Never mind. Oh. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Mendel shouts, turn him into Chunky! Okay, I got a one, five, five, six, and five. So twenty-seven. Did you possibly? Not twenty-seven. No. <laughs> That's not. <laughs> what? What? It's a twenty-one. Say the, say Wait. Numbers. A five, five, five. So it's fifteen. Five, five. And then a six and a one. Oh, so oh, oh. Okay. So twenty-two. I didn't. <laughs> I thought he said it is twenty-five, five, five, oh, five six, yeah. one. He said it so fast, though, and you I just said, is that 27? Like, <laughs> like you just made up a number. <laughs> I thought I His heard His computational say... skills are just <laughs> off the charts. He's got it. Mendel. Nice try. That was close. So you're, I would do. It's 10 plus 22. 10 plus 22, yeah. 32? Yeah. $1 billion? <laughs> Mendel, very impressed. With Doug right now. Boy, that's the first hit. Ooh, that's a that's not so good. It's, it's a 18. seven plus five, so twelve. Plus. It does not hit. That does not hit. So. Ah, uh, you should have stopped while you were ahead, Doug. We're on the same team, Mindy. You know, it's still funny, and Mendel kind of walks up and pats Doug on the back. Maybe next time you'll get him, little buddy. Thippo is like kind of bleeding out. He's like, or thinking got me. <laughs> Uh, and Mendel cast, um... Be careful, he's a thick boy! Uh, Vigilant Guardian on Doug. So Doug is now my ward. 
I can use reaction to trade places with him and stuff like that. Dope. And then I will use my bonus action uh, to cast Healing Word from a level two spell slot. Mendel just kind of whispers to himself and like touches his chest. You got this. And, uh, <laughs> touches himself. <laughs> and heals himself for 2d4. The collection of armor um, that is the Visage of Helm seems to start to glow, particularly when Mendel casts uh, Vigilant Guardian on Doug. But that is actually Jif's turn first. <laughs> oh my god. And he does Sorry. indeed fire at Mendel. Mendel puffs up his chest. Bring it on, hippo. That definitely misses, but he gets one more attack. And 21? Yep. Yep, yep. My armor's 20. It's amazing. You take 12 you damage do. from his shot. Oh, uh, you son of a hippo. We must get what is ours and take it wherever we can. There's no need for this self-righteous bullshit. And it's Alabaster's turn. Thick boy, baby. <laughs> Boo-boo. Baby. Let's talk. You want a piece of this? It's only better in heaven. <laughs> Let's talk, baby. Put the cannon down. Uh, roll me a persuasion check at disadvantage. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay. It's an 18. Um, Jif mm-hmm. looks over at Alabaster. Succeeds to my wiles. He lays down the... He appreciates a thick one. He lays, he lays down the blunderbuss, and he starts to move forward, just entranced by your... Thick. Strange. Thick. Vertical lizard eyes. That are thick. <laughs> your <Says>. face slits. <laughs> my ear holes. Your, your nose slits. My... <laughs> my Perhaps there's up. no greater payment than this. Your six nipples. <laughs> Disarming. He reaches you. Close your eyes, What do you dog. do to him? Or with him? Or this is to not him. for children. I didn't think this far ahead. Okay, so <laughs> while he's sidetracked... I use lesser restoration on the suit of armor with no body inside the gates. Nothing penetrates the gate. Okay, no then magic that doesn't count now that we know that. No, it's on the record, no. so I get another turn. It's over. He grabs a hold of you and just starts like making out with your the side oh, of your wait, face. Wait, like no, he's just no, like, no. but his big hippo head. No. Like it's almost like when a when a when a much larger cat or dog holds another cat or dog in smaller head in his mouth, that's what it's doing to you. It's just oh, kind of like, it's weird hippo head. It's, it's just holding your, your it's head. It's no fun anymore, guys. It's no fun anymore. Mendel gives you a thumbs up. Hey. Okay, well, while he's distracted, I can take this. Go ahead, guys. Hey, Doug, it's your turn. Alabaster's <laughs> <laughs> uh, head is being suckled is yeah. the best way I can put it. <laughs> Mendel looks at Doug. I think someone's moving in on your woman. <laughs> being mouthed right now. Jif uh, goes, He's just kind of rolling your head around. Um, Alabaster is surprisingly taking it pretty well. She's just kind of agreeing to. Lolling with the punches. <laughs> so can I do a sneak attack again? It says if you if you roll with advantage. If you roll yeah. if you roll with advantage for any reason, yes, you can use it every turn. If you roll okay. with advantage because you have advantage on them for any reason, right? You have to give me some reason you have advantage, or you have to hide and sneak attack them again, or you have he to. He is like... completely distracted by. He's having such oral pleasures with her. Such oral. Oh, God. Uh, I rolled a luck check. Yes, he is. Okay. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> okay. So I get to roll with advantage? Yes. Okay, great. 
sneak attack because he's utterly distracted with the. I'm really taking one for the oh. team, guys. Why again? I'm really in there. You're uh, no. you're taking you're taking some hard licks. I'm really in there. It's hard licking. Seventeen hit. Does a seventeen hit? You're getting chewed out. I'm really getting chewed out. Sorry, here, sixteen, man. sixteen, sixteen, sixteen. Yes, it does. Yes. Okay, thank God. Nom, nom, nom. He's just really just rolling alabaster all around in his <laughs> mouth. But Doug did just hit him with his rapier. I assume. Yep. Try to slice the little edge of his mouth to get his mouth hold off of the alabaster. <laughs> God. Gives him a joker smile. Yeah, How much damage? <laughs> Why? Wow, so serious. <laughs> <laughs> Doug lands on his back and weirdly cuts his mouth open. It's kind of a little too much for everyone. <laughs> Unmouth, my friend. You can see all of his piano key teeth. Okay, and here we go. That's a 919. Doug, you leap on his back and carve him a new smile so intensely that the top of his head comes off. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you have killed oh, Jif. Hungry, oh. hungry hippo. And Mendel vomits a little bit. Protected forever in heaven is the Jif of you cutting his head off. <laughs> Let's see that instant replay. In the background, you can see Mendel vomiting. What if we can use him? I'll never forget you. Maybe you hear Mendel, where's the latrine guard? <laughs> we, go, we go in reverse just a little bit, and while Alabaster is caught in his licky jowls, he says, our thickness will never be forgotten <laughs> or unfelt. You can't unfeel this. He just keeps looking you. He just keeps looking you. It's you can't high. unfeel it. You can't unfeel it. <laughs> and then Doug cuts his head off. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, I've lost my head for you. Uh, Jif falls. Not it, headless is a little disingenuous. It, disingenuine. Um, it's more like above the jawless. Yeah. <laughs> He and he still has a tongue and a bottom <laughs> jaw. He flaps. Yes. Which kind of re just sort of like uh, through habit still licks alabaster a little bit. And the armor, the disembodied armor. I have ovum ring, right? Nuva ring? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Full the circle. Like the Nuva ring. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> and the disembodied. <laughs> and the disembodied armor, it flashes again with High Center Carrick's face, and that seems to burn away. And the the corpse of the old bear before Mendel's feet seems to burn away. Oh, thank God. And... I mean, Helm. Thank Helm. The traditional representation of Helm starts to appear within the armor. Definitely and thank Helm. I definitely said thank Helm. He leans forward and touches the portcullis, the wrought iron gate that protects heaven, and it opens. And he says, not all who serve me have lost their way. Perhaps I should not change for them, but I should defend those who changed for me. And Mendel, you start to glow and raise off the ground. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Can Alabaster grab his ankle? Somebody, sure. Yeah. I am floating away. <laughs> Alabaster holds him in place. It's 
So now all of like the fancy like magic effects are happening slightly above him because he wasn't allowed to be centered in them. Um, <laughs> it's all just a little weird. It's kind of like how when the beast turns into a prince again, but imagine if the beast were off center so it doesn't look right. Um, and Mendel, your armor turns into mithril armor <clears throat> helm. And you now have 21 AC. <gasps> and you may expend your hit dice to regain spell slots. But what trickles down to <laughs> alabaster? But you have to expend Mendel. two hit die to gain a level two, one level two spell slot, or three hit die to gain a level three spell uh, slot. Okay. Okay, but alabaster. Mendel is okay, just absolutely Mendel. like a, a giddy little child. He is just. <laughs> he is just giggling to himself. Like, this is wonderful. Now, what is fully helm? This is this broadest and squarest and most muscular sort of human could be in full armor, which is divinely built around him. And he looks to Doug and he says, Beyond these gates are the green fields. I think you have some business there. And he looks over to Alabaster and down to Copernicus, who's back in your cleavage, so he's just looking right at your cleavage. And he says, He is protected. Someone needs to take the throne once again. And I hope that by restoring our world, you're granted the power to fix yours. Well, if she's going to fix the material world, I guess that means I'm the uh, the new king to rule all. You're the material so, girl. <laughs> uh, I mean, standing here in, in front of Helm is just like world. looking in a mirror. It's <laughs> it's just beautiful, and therefore Helm I... raises his hand, and all of your armor crushes in on your chest. Get <laughs> breathe. You tell me about protection, I believe. Yes. He releases it. <laughs> Please. All of you, enter Mount Celestia. The other gates open, and he, he gestures his hand forward, and you see this beautiful garden. Beyond that is a mountain with a castle made of ivory and alabaster, and that's where we'll end our session. Thank you guys so much for joining us for Character Arcana, our monthly Dungeons & Dragons play podcast. Um, I'm your Dungeon Master, Richard Bertelson, and joining me today was Doug Saucepots. As Ted Hong. No, wait, it's the other way. Ted Hong as Doug nope. Saucepots. Nope, nope. Doug nope. Saucepots is now Ted Hong because we are done. We are done. With the fantasy. Who's done? D-U-N-N? After that confusing interaction. <laughs> <laughs> also joining me is Mendel Sands. <laughs> Nick Slick. Uh, find us. Rate us. And we'll give you some shout outs. Smash that like button. Smash that <laughs> smash that like button. Smash that subscribe button. Smash. Speaking of smashing. Smash. Um, <laughs> also joining me was Alabaster Chernobyl. Hippo Abby. fucker. <laughs> Hippo admirer. <laughs> Abby Bryington. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time. Um, Toodles. You my boy. Stay well. Stay thick.